0: This is Works in Progress, a podcast from the UCLA School of the Arts and Architecture. I'm Avishai Artsy. On a recent Sunday morning, I paid a visit to an industrial tract in historic South Central Los Angeles, just south of downtown. I met up with Kevin Sherrod at a new art gallery.
1: I actually work for Gensler. Um, I'm a designer in a mixed-use studio. I actually um, lecture at UCLA a bit. Um, in terms of like GIS and doing kind of urban strategy. So for me, it's really about changing the way we understand the memory of black and brown people and displaying that architecturally. That's really what this gallery is about. Gallery
0: 90220 was designed by Kevin along with two other designers at Gensler, Chris Doerr and Wayne Thomas. The three are also alumni of the UCLA Department of Architecture and Urban Design. Gallery 90220 is part of a burgeoning campus of Black-owned and operated businesses in this area. It's located within the historic 200-acre Goodyear Tire Tract, the largest industrial site in the city and the former manufacturing base of Goodyear Tires. The campus is owned by Sola Impact. More about that in a moment. This building was originally used for manufacturing
1: tiles. There are kind of remnants of that that kind of storied past. Um, but what's more interesting is the memory that this this block has in itself, right? The the memory of the creatives that actually inherited the space before us. And a lot of the kind of hopes and ambitions transferred to their children, right? And and this is really just the kind of actualization of that, that transfer of memory. And so this gallery you'll see when you walk inside is that we really kind of celebrate that memory. And we we didn't take away the kind of monumentized things that, that hold the memory, like the beams, the columns, so on and so forth. So we really wanted to celebrate the memory and really have the art juxtaposed as if it was standing on the shoulders, of the family members that came before, so that's really what this is about.
0: Great. Well, let's uh, walk around a little bit inside. And you can show me what we're seeing. So we've walked through the doors, and I see you've you've maintained some of the uh, rafters here. So it's got kind of exposed wooden and uh, steel rafters, right? And then white walls put up against the the original brick is that right
1: yeah so what we really wanted to do is we wanted to celebrate the memory of what it was before and its industrialness right but we also wanted to kind of go through and start to forge a path forward right and so if the idea of this space is about memory we think that the best way to do that is to celebrate the in place pieces that existed before us and really start to you know build on the shoulders of not erase right it's really about the projection of a chronology of intergenerational thought. All right, let's walk around. Sure. And so so this the space itself is is a really small space. It's seven hundred and twenty five feet roughly, but the way we've really started to think about it is how do you begin to um, play and deal with the idea of discovery, right? How do you take uh, a box that has windows on three sides and really start to create wall space that's prime for viewership and it allows the audience to really discover moments that they can really identify with and resonate with. And that way they can kind of tell a larger story.
0: So you do have some art on display. So who are the artists that you have showing here?
1: So right now, all the pieces that you'll see in the gallery right now are from Gianni Lee, um, who is a a widely celebrated artist um, from Philadelphia. And he's, he's basically just, you know, going to be the point of the departure, right? And so we wanted an artist that had the credibility mainstream because he's done works with like Nike, Levi's, um, and just to name a few, he's done like Coachella's main stage. And so he's a widely celebrated artist, but he has a very clear point where he's talking about the idea of the experience of the black and brown body.
0: So, yeah, so I see there's um, a lot of color here. It looks like a figure (laughs) bleeding from the eyes and is holding up a gun, and it says hoodie above with, like, a trademark symbol next to it. Here's one that says Nina, Malcolm, Bob, Cleaver, Maya, Collins, so names of influential black figures in history. And here's another one with uh, a guy. It looks like he's holding a tube that's going into his head. It's like some kind of machine. (laughs) So he's, like, plugged into... I don't know, the internet or some kind of system, and then other figures who are being choked or beheaded by this, so some sort of commentary on mass media or, you know, technology, but these all have some political or social commentary to yeah, them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think you kind of alluded to it a bit, you know, if if we look at the one you kind of describe that he's being connected to the internet or something like that, it to my eye, it looks like it's it's a bit of export, right? Like it's it's you know how you kind of export the kind of known and lived experience and really begin to funnel it out and repurpose it for something else. Um, and then you, you, again, the the kind of influential figures um, you can always see them juxtaposed with these kind of skeleton-esque figures, um, and and that represents something that's more structural in nature, right? And and it's really about kind of telling the story about how we live, but we're we're never. We never live on our own. We're always subjected to some level or some framework in which we have to act or behave in a specific way. And this hoodie one to me, um, and Gianni hasn't talked to me about it personally, but it's reminiscent of you know the black and brown body in hoodies and how we're perceived as the aggressor but we always find ourselves in the victim you know capacity and so it's really just kind of you know art that really starts to share the memory of what it is to be black or brown in this particular country.
0: And Hoodie maybe also Trayvon Martin reference as well and is Johnny Lee um, black?
1: Yes, yeah, so Gianni Ely is black, and I think we were really intentional about making sure that, you know, the black and brown body um, was present in every facet of this this overall project. So the campus that you stand on is Sola Impact, and they actually have black representation and ownership. They also, And then our exec, executive director, David Colbert, Jr., who is the founder um, and executive director of Compton Art Walk and Gallery 90220, um, He's also a person of color. He's a black from Compton. Um, myself, I'm black. Wayne Thomas is black. So we really are just interested in making sure we're really didactic about saying like, we belong. We have something to say. This is what we're saying. And we're not trying to be intrusive. We just believe that we we should have ownership of at least a place at the table so the idea can be fuller opposed to a singular idea of the kind of stories that have been told to date.
0: So have we seen the whole gallery at we this point? We have part? not. Actually. Oh, okay. Let's, yeah. let's see what else there is.
1: And so you'll, you'll start to notice that these moments of discovery are really kind of interesting in the way that they all kind of open up and avail themselves. So this is the, the kind of office slash Third gallery space, Um, and you'll see that right now it's just an office and it's really just being used to kind of facilitate the business. A podcast, as you can see, is starting to be kind of a hall of fame um, that's starting to do, with Grammy award-winning artists, artists that created in this space.
0: So you've got a wall of Polaroids and there's you at the top.
1: Yeah, and so this is really just celebrating everyone who has something to do in the creating of this space. So if you've come to this space and you've created anything, your face will eventually be on the wall. One thing that's really important, and kind I alluded to this before, as you open the doors, you start to realize that the space can be organized differently. There is no dead end. Yes, there are doors that appear to be shut, but they're pocket doors, they slide, they remove themselves from space. And this giant wall right here that's made of polycarbonate, it actually opens all the way up and it transforms this space. So it can be an office today, it could be part of the gallery tomorrow. Yes, it's a a smaller gallery, but we wanna make sure that we maximize every wall, every space in this building. We wanna make sure that if you wanna hang art in front of the windows, you can do that too. If you wanna hang it from the beams in the ceiling, you can do that too. It's really about being a blank canvas for artists. We wanted to create an architecture that got out of the way. We wanted to make an architecture that was present and it availed itself, but it wasn't oppressive.
0: I'd like to hear more about your experience as an architecture student at UCLA and how it kind of set you on the path that you're on now working at Gensler and designing spaces like this. What do you think UCLA gave you that brought you to this point?
1: I think what UCLA did was it validated that we belong. You know, a lot of people will tell you that they they understand their kind of architectural framework and teaching from their schools, and I don't disagree with that at all. But what I also think is that UCLA offers a, a specific level of liberation it allows you to know and be more than what you think you are when you walk through the door and especially with the art and architecture department because it's such a dynamic place and there's so many different things that are happening in the creative spectrum it really offers a platform for you to kind of transcend the kind of box or the framework that you typically work in right so if you go to an architecture school anywhere else or an architecture department anywhere else, it's primarily architecture. But they give you the educational revenue to be able to push and in, in, in blur what that boundary is, right? And so there's a specific legibility that you don't have to deal with or a framework that you have to consistently engage. It's really about you being you, and that expressive moment is what creates projects like this one, right? It's because, yes, architecture is what I do by training, but I am creative by nature. That's really what UCLA is exceptional in doing.
0: Is that what brought you to LA from Philadelphia?
1: Education, yeah. So, so for me, education in general was a kind of was a commodity that I was not privileged to. So, for me, when I went to an architecture and design high school, right, the Charter High School of Architecture and Design, which was formed by the AIA Philadelphia chapter. But the reality is, after that school, there was no point of departure for me. Because my grades weren't above reproach, I was subject to community college. It cost me about what it would cost to go to UCLA to get through a semester of community college. So there was no way to get to the next step. It was when I got to Los Angeles, I got off the plane with like $20, I ended up walking 70 blocks from home to school to work and back just to make it to get to under the undergraduate level it wasn't overly apparent to me that i wanted to do architecture it took me a while it took me some learning and it took me some life experience to figure that out
0: so you came from philadelphia you were taking classes at el camino community college and then you transferred from there to ucla or was there another no, step in
1: between yeah so it was, it was a bit more of an arduous journey so i i came out here. I went to El Camino. I went there for a semester. So I transferred to Harbor College while paying off El Camino because it was more affordable in both lanes. Then I did my undergraduate work at SciArc, and my grad school was at UCLA. And even at SciArc, I, it got to the point where I could no longer afford to go to SciArc, and I was I was actually resolved to just quit because I just didn't have the, the financial stability or means to go another year, and I was missing, a, like, I don't know, six units. And then Tom Main stepped in and basically offered me an internship, outside classes, and to work in his office as a way to kind of pay back my debt to to SCIARC. And he was instrumental in me getting my undergraduate degree, which in turn allowed me to do a fellowship with him at UCLA. Uh, that's amazing.
0: So you were working at Morphosis and then you Joined the Super Studio team at UCLA as well?
1: Yeah, that, that's kind of how it went down. It was, I, I went from the classroom to working in Morphosis with the Now Institute, um, just really kind of doing work in the office, kind of thinking about things urbanistically, which is, you know, kind of the the lecture series that I do at UCLA is really about, you know, the kind of urban strategy. And, and so that was kind of my first taste, of really being able to use my voice to talk about some of the kind of most pressing issues, like houselessness, homelessness, people experiencing homelessness, and uh, just dealing with the kind of general application of what it means to to be Black in America as a young designer.
0: Several design decisions reinforce the themes that Kevin and his Gensler colleagues had in mind. For example, step into the bathroom and you're thrust into outer space— a brightly colored mural of galaxies, stars and planets cover the walls and ceiling.
1: This is really about the idea of, you know, the kind of, the the two sides of the brain that you use when you're creative. You have the rational side, which we would describe as the kind of gallery, bottom half. But we have the, the part that's just really creative and it's just like, take a chance. It doesn't matter what's the worst that can happen. If you shoot for the stars, you can potentially land on the moon. But 100% of shots that aren't taken don't get made. So that's really what this is about. And that this kind of artistic expression kind of exemplifies that in a really nice kind of tight way.
0: Translucent windows on three walls of the gallery filter in natural light. The windows are original to the building, though they include new frames that were manufactured
1: on site. A new awning over the door was made on site as well. All the custom details were made on-site through a specific level of vocational programming. So there's a, there's a weld facility that they just kind of propped up on the campus, and they made all these pieces. So this polycarbonate wall, the the giant door. This is not the door that came with the place. This is something that was custom-made for this space and this space only. And the reason why we thought it was important to get these is because we understood every detail we made would be made by members of this community. So we were making details for the sake of details to get people experience in their vocational programming on campus here at Solar Impact.
0: The designers also added a storage wall in the middle of the gallery. Art can be displayed on the outside and stored on the inside using sliding metal racks.
1: We were really interested in doing something like this, A, because of the vo- vocational programming aspect, but as a way to start to store the history and learn knowledge. Like we wanted a repository for that. And so that's what you have here. And again, this is a, another thing that we added um, because we knew that there were p- people on site making this. So this is, this is not bought. This is made, right? This, the only thing that was bought was the different types of material, but it was welded and assembled on site specifically for this building and for this project.
0: Kevin mentioned David Colbert Jr. He's the director of the gallery and the founder and executive director of Compton Art Walk. Gallery 90220's name refers to Compton's zip code and Colbert is eager to rep his hometown.
2: Uh, Well, I'm a third generation Compton native. Uh, My parents met at Compton High School. Uh, My father moved to the city of Compton after his neighborhood burned down in the Watts riots. So I'm very... uh, connected to the historical sense of the city of Compton. I take great pride in that. So I see the gallery is like a beacon for Compton creatives, but it's a space for everyone. But it's actually gonna be very unique because Compton provides its own flavor, um, but it doesn't stop with Compton. Like we, yes, we are Compton creatives, but we are connecting with everyone to bring fine art into the community. We're moving into a new age of access and appreciation for black art. Um, There are so many talented artists that I'm excited to show. I'm just excited um, that the platform is growing for artists that really deserve it nationally, um, as well as out here in LA.
0: The area around Gallery 90220 is attracting reinvestment after decades of vacant businesses, illegal dumping, and crime. The five-acre campus just east of the gallery is in the process of being reincarnated as the Beehive. Sola Impact is managing it. That's an organization best known for revamping multifamily affordable housing. They're repurposing six red brick warehouses and adjoining courtyards into creative office spaces, a gym, a daycare service, a dog park, a food truck court, and a craft brewery.
2: Right, so this is going to be a restaurant area right here. Um, as you peep through the window, you can kind of see um, the size of the interior space, but you will be able to go to the gallery and then walk over here, grab a bite to eat, which, you know, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, this is kind of a sneak peek of what it looks like before it's actually done.
0: Gallery 90220 will be the first space to be open on this campus, The more businesses are expected to start opening this year.
1: And it's necessary for us all at the end of the day to be successful and start to effectuate a specific level of change for our communities.
0: That's Kevin Sherrod. He's at Gensler and he graduated from UCLA with a master's in architecture in 2017. Gallery 90220 is now open by appointment. You can see images of the space at arts.ucla.edu. I'm Avishai Artsy, and you've been listening to Works in Progress, a podcast from the UCLA School of the Arts and Architecture. Be well and talk to you soon.